I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like... The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What is going on, everybody? Hello. It's Friday. We've made it to the weekend. Oh, it feels so good to be Friday. I can't tell you how good it is for me to know that it's Friday. I got all my stupid paperwork done that I had to do for the legal things that are going on. It's just been burying me. I'm so happy to have that done. I just assume you're cashing in on your likeness. <laughs> I gotta get mine done. Uh, no, we'll talk about name image likeness. That is coming up. That will be a topic for today. Um, different states are passing different rules, different laws, and is that gonna that, that's gonna create chaos when it comes to recruiting? Yes. You may feel like your school has an advantage, not because it's really all that competitive. Certainly, that's gonna matter if you're a, a big name program. It's gonna matter because you're not gonna make anything if you're a no name school. But if you're a one big time school versus another. But your state allows that player to earn more off of your name, image, and likeness than another. Well, I may be persuaded to go to one state over another. So it's kind of like a Wild West going on right now with name, image, and likeness. We'll talk a little bit about that because those laws are getting passed and implemented, but they don't seem to follow a similar framework. Um, there are some uh, proposals out there that could change college basketball, and college football, at least for practices for college football. Utah Jazz are in action tonight against the Denver Nuggets. They face the Houston Rockets tomorrow. And uh, you know, looking at the NBA standings, the Lakers are just a shambles with injuries. It's it's really catching up to them. Uh, they are, they're on their way to the play-in tournament, which is great. <laughs> Because they, people will be forced to tune in and pay attention to the play-in tournament. You know, actually, if you could just stop the, the Western Conference standings right now, that'd be perfect for the Jazz. Get the, they'll take on the – well, I don't care so much for the Warriors. They have to get through the play-in tournament. But the Lakers would have to play the Clippers in the first round. Then if the Jazz win, they'd probably get, they get the winner of Nuggets-Mavericks. And then, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out with the Suns on the other side of the bracket. Yeah. Stop it right there. We only got what five, Stop six games left. It's not very many games left in the regular season, so it's a it's a really critical stretch run. Um, and then uh, there's some uh, transfer news for Utah State basketball. My gosh, we got a ton we to have get through. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a near perfect game this week. Should it should it be classified as a perfect game? Should we have the ability to go back and retroactively award oh. perfect games? I talked then, to Ajay about this. I can't <laughs> wait to get into this. Yeah. And then, I guess, generally speaking, you know, what other accomplishments in sports, other sports, compare to a perfect game in baseball? Or is it the pinnacle of individual achievement in sports? So, we'll have a fun debate about that. So, a lot to cover a lot to get through. We'll do our best to uh, touch on all these things. <laughs> As always, it's always fun when when we have your participation, when you weigh in on the Guild Mortgage text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, and uh, let us know uh, your thoughts on all these different topics. 
By the way, Ajay's not here. He's off. I don't know. He, he wouldn't tell me where he was going. Same. He just <laughs> said he was leaving town. Just, I got some big place to go, important people to meet. Sounded suspicious, I got to be honest. Yeah. Yep. So he's gone. AJ Knight filling in. Thank you, AJ, for Hi, hanging AJ. out. Uh, and another familiar voice who we haven't heard in a week In a or hot so. minute, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Intern yep. Cody. Eric, it's pretty They need rude. a second movie about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rude to bring him back the, with all the Roger stuff going on and him being a Packers fan. Like, you couldn't wait until that got resolved uh, or something. Out yeah. of the frying pan into the fire. It's Timely. Been, my life. That's good. <laughs> Uh, let, let's touch on what I think Aggie fans are maybe most excited about, uh, and that is that there's news uh, that seems to be percolating more here that, that Ryland Jones is going to leave the University of Utah and come back to Cache Valley. Ajay spoke this into existence. Yeah, he did. Yesterday, he started talking about it, that it could happen, but apparently he's not the only one leaving Utah. Look, that Utah team is a shambles. Everybody is leaving. They're either declaring for the NBA, they're transferring, they're leaving. This would be like the fifth or sixth or, 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 or more players that have left the University of Utah since Craig Smith was announced as a new head coach. Well, I don't think it helped either. I mean, basically, so they swapped backcourts, right? And, and I know Utah obviously was not great. That's why, obviously, you fire your coach. But I can't imagine it to rub the team the right way. We're like, all right, he's going to bring in – all his guys. All right, I'm out of here. Writing's on the wall. I'm going to go do something else. And that's how it, basically that's how it's worked out. Right. So uh, the news is that uh, in, uh, multiple news outlets now reporting this. Uh, multiple reports. Uh, Ryland Jones, the ba- uh, point guard for the University of Utah, who at one point was a uh, starting point guard at Logan High before his dad left to be on the coaching staff at the University of Utah, transferred down to Olympus. Had a great career at Olympus High before going to the to the U, where his dad was on their coaching staff. But uh, Ryland Jones coming back to Cache Valley, um, and uh, it, he kind of replaces the the loss I think that the Aggies had with Raleigh Worcester leaving. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of curious as to what your guys' opinion of it is because obviously games aren't played on paper, but you, you traded for a really good player. I know the transfers stink when you see him happening for Utah State. But uh, I would guess this is where you guys can fill in me, fill me in. I think you would take Jones over, unfortunately, what you lost. Well, cons- all things considered, uh, Utah has eight players from their basketball team currently in the transfer portal. Oh my gosh! And Utah State has six. So, yeah, we're just this. This is a giant merry-go-round. I wonder what UMBC has. I think they lost everybody too. It isn't crazy. UMBC I- has five. Well, yeah. Aggies have six in the transfer portal. Yep. I guess if I put my thoughts on that, I could probably figure out all, who those all are. I guess you'd have to count Raleigh and Marco. Yep. Um, Alfonso Anderson already announced he was going. Cuba. Uh, that was kind of a foregone c- conclusion. Cuba Karvowski. Yep. Um, Statsny. Yep. And who's the sixth? Is that here? Oh yes. Well, he was gone before the season even concluded. Yep. But eight for Utah. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's get, a lot. You only get 13 scholarships a year. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's rough. Fresh start. Fresh faces. Yeah. Now, look, um, Ryland Jones, he's he's only six feet tall. He's not big. Uh, so the, the Aggies do lose size at the point guard position. 
Uh, he will he will be a junior, um, but as a freshman, uh, averaged almost ten points, five assists a game. Uh, sophomore season, not quite as impactful, but um, I, I think it's a nice addition. I think it's always good that uh, if you can bring somebody from a power program, they're going to have an opportunity to have probably expanded minutes and expanded opportunity. Oh, absolutely. But it's also he's a guy that he knows what it's like to be here. He grew up. He went to Logan High. Yeah, he grew up here. His dad was on Stu Morrill's coaching staff for a long time. So that that's a great addition. Uh, because the other guard that's following Coach Odom to Utah State, um, Coach Dixon is his head assistant. Describes him more as a as a scoring guard. Um. Is maybe not quite a facilitator, but somebody who's going to go look for their shot. So having him alongside, I think he probably replaces more Marco Anthony than he would Raleigh Worcester. And so I think that Rylan Jones, his addition, more replaces the loss of Raleigh Worcester. Yeah, no, and uh, I mean, I think that's a big deal because you talk about the familiarity, right? That's going to be big for hitting the ground running when you have such turmoil. So. You have a guard coming from UNBC, so you got to be familiar with the system. You have a guy coming, like you said, that was that's lived here, so ought to be easy for him to adjust. He's gonna have to figure out the offense and all that. And you're talking about the on court stuff, but the outside stuff, which can affect anybody in any capacity, not just uh, college basketball players, ought to be really easy for him to just kind of be back. Yeah, I think it's a big thing. I think it's an important uh, addition uh, to solidify that backcourt for Utah State. Uh, the other one that um, probably not a lot of people are familiar with at Utah, but that's Norbert Thielison. Um He uh, uh, apparently he's this is another announcement from uh, for, that he's going to be coming to uh, to Utah State, six foot seven forward. Because he's from the Netherlands. Yep. <laughs> Can't tell you a heck of a whole lot about him beyond that. Nah, there wasn't a whole lot on him. Uh, what my research kind of told me was that uh, he had to sit out one year and never actually made it to Utah and then just barely today committed to Utah State. So, uh, Played in FIBA uh, internationally, I guess, um, in a tournament. He averaged 11 points, four and a half boards, an assist, a block, and a steal during eight games. Um, so... How much does he get used right away? Is he a, a rotation guy? Tough to know. Uh, he's not going to be a starter based on that. Um, and based on what Utah State has coming back uh, for their front court, uh, I think that they're they're pretty well settled. It's just getting additional pieces to complement what you already have. I mean, I like, uh, as we talked about uh, when we interviewed Coach Odom, the connection Utah State has internationally. So that's cool to continue that. But, I mean, I like that too because generally, especially those players that get to play in Europe, especially the FIBA League, I think generally come more polished. So I would expect him to hit the ground running at least in terms of being able to contribute something. So we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, again, Utah State has not announced this yet. It's not official, official. But the tea leaves are and multiple reports are this is what's happening. Two more. Uh, basically, we're, we're swapping. <laughs> yeah, Craig Smith took uh, two Aggies, left Utah State to follow Craig Smith, and we're getting two Utes to leave Utah to come to Logan. <laughs> In addition to the uh, 
the retrievers that followed Coach Odom across the country. Yep. And I think both of those are good additions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we also heard from Coach Dixon. He kind of described the uh, the other young recruit from Maine, um, originally from uh, a native of Bahrain, and but uh, he's looks like he could be a young development player, but uh, has some upside with his athleticism. But uh, yeah, some good things happening for Utah State basketball in light of. I think some it, of the losses. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this year, I don't. I want to say you're going to write it off because obviously, co- the coach, Coach Odom, was brought in to continue the success that um, previous regime had. But I, I, I think you're going to. It's kind of a hodgepodge, right? Because you're taking all these guys from over. So who's staying? Who did we bring in from? That's from UN to BC. Who did we bring in from elsewhere? And it'll be interesting to see how he puts this together because obviously this is sort of an unusual year. I know they made the new. Um, transfer rule uh, change so that it could be, obviously, I think you'll see a little bit more of this, but I would imagine the numbers for the transfer portal would die down a little bit. I don't think it's going to be this bad going forward. So it'll be, it's kind of, I think, uh, how well can you build a team while kind of just trying to figure it out all on the fly? Your guys are leaving, you're bringing in these guys. So it'll be interesting to see how he manages that in a year that's pretty much, I don't know that there's any team that hasn't, or I don't think there's very many teams they haven't had some big-time changes on their roster across all conferences. I'd be curious to know, and I don't think the, the transfer uh, transfer portal situation, I think you still have until mid-May. So I think they have until maybe next week um, to enter the portal or ha- have it declared if you're going or not. But I'd be curious, there may be some stat out there, what the average number of players transferred from each team would be. Be interesting. Another like, one would be how many players put their names in and how many players actually left. Hmm. Just percentage wise. Put their name in there, but ultimately still stuck around. Yeah, I'd be curious what that percentage is too. Just because mm. it, what is it? There's some. Did you get the six thirteen hundred? How many players were in? Ah, <sighs> that's a good question. For some reason I, I want to say sixteen hundred, but I feel like that's too many. I, I don't know. It was a lot. At the height of like uh, everybody transferring and stuff. Yeah. I think we got to like. 1600 currently right now as of right now we're sitting at 1563 how many there's what 300 and some division one teams that's nuts it's a lot that is crazy wow i'm just curious i mean the like i said i think it'll i think it'll die down a little bit i know the transfer rule gives them a lot more freedom going forward past this like one freebie year but i would think it would die down a little bit but it's going to be curious because I mean, this also could be the new norm. Uh, you know, it's been talked about a lot. Um, who's going to hurt more, mid-majors or uh, top programs? I still think it's going to be top programs because I think you get that five-star kid and he doesn't play. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm going to go be big fish in small pond. So I think mid-majors could really benefit from that. But it's I, I can't imagine being a coach and sort of adjusting to the transfer program and then all or the transfer rule and all of a sudden be like, well, at any given time, pretty much your entire team could leave. So good luck. <laughs> Well, yeah, with the one-time transfer, it's it's possible that teams could be remaking their rosters every year. Yeah. And I think in some programs, that's how they will do it. And, in, well, to some degree, that's that Kentucky does that anyway because they have a lot of guys who come in and they leave after the freshman season to go to the NBA. I mean, look at Arkansas. There was plenty that was talked about Musselman when they obviously made that run they did this year. And it's like it's, he did the transfer portal, and they were one of the first names to get all – but well, they got the player from Pitt. I want to say they got one from Miami. They were all over the place in the transfer portal this year for a team that was already in the, what was it? They made the Elite Eight? How far did they get? They made a good deep run. Yeah. 
That's nuts. But I'm with you. I think it's as much of a two-way street as anything. It, yes, there are going to be some power schools that just recruit the transfer portal. And they just pluck people that have had an opportunity to kind of prove themselves at lower levels and develop their skill set and their body the, at Division One level, and they just bring them onto their programs. But I also think that it works the same way going the other direction. Like, look, I thought I was going to be able to compete here at this Power 5 school. Yeah. They went and got a, somebody from another from the transfer portal they brought in. I'm not sure of my role anymore. I'm going to transfer to a, a mid-major college, and like you said, be a big fish in a small pond. Oh, yeah. I, I think it clearly – I think it – absolutely works both ways. Well, that's the great thing about the March tournament, right? As long as you're good enough to get in, you'll get TV time. They'll remember you. I mean, yeah. let's not forget, CJ McCollum played on, and I, I forget, I did not know him, but he played on that, um, what was the school he went to? Lehigh? Lehigh. They knocked off Duke. Yeah, he was a lottery pick. So you, it doesn't matter where you play. You get in the tournament, you can make a name for yourself. Yeah, it's true. So uh, there's a few more days, I think, of this portal madness. and I think they had to... Uh, I think it makes sense. You just have to leave it open because um, if you're a school, you sign a, uh, somebody from the portal, and then you were there originally, and then this guy shows up. You're like, well, wait a minute. How does that affect me? And then you realize it does affect me. Now I'm going to put my name in the portal, and then it creates dominoes all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually it's got to stop, and you just go with what you have. It- but I think that portal deadline is coming up next week, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy. There had to be a point, too, where the coach was like, all right, so we've got this guy, this guy, and this guy. And the assistant was like, nah, I put his name in the transfer. All right, we got this guy, this guy, and this guy. Hey, so-and-so transfer. All right, great. So we can add him to these guys. No, player B. Tra- <laughs> ah, build a roster. So, so what's our system going to look like this year based on the talent that we have? Well, coach, we're going to have to wait to July. Because we don't know. That's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna, gonna be gonna so be annoying. Killer too for new coaches, right? Because you could, I guess, the you could sort of work with the players, but then you would think that obviously they have a system in place. But how do you start installing it and building chemistry? Because like, who's gonna be here? We have no idea. Especially if you're a new coaching staff. Yeah, that's gonna be a right. nightmare. Oh, jeez. Nine four six three texted and said Ryland is extremely beloved in Cash Valley, and he will sell tickets. And I know and feel bad for Coach Craig down at the U, but those U players were really loyal to Coach K and didn't want to play for anyone else as far as I've heard. And you credit to them for that. And that's why I have no ill will against anybody. If there's a coaching change, you have every right to change your school. I'm with you. Because that's not the guy who recruited you there. Uh, and I, I get that, that they were loyal to Coach K. They loved him. And if he's not there anymore, why do they, why do they have to stick around? I don't you. don't give me this malarkey about loyalty. I'm with you. So I'm 100 with you. I'm happy that you know these these guys get an opportunity to explore other options, and a school like Utah State can benefit from that, and they are. Uh, I think Ryland Jones would be a great uh, addition. He did have some shoulder injuries that kind of plagued him a little bit in his sophomore year, so hopefully coming in at Utah State with two more years to play, um, he can uh, be a difference maker. I think he can. I think it'll be a great addition. Uh, I guess that would probably still have Ashworth coming off the bench. Um, I would, but you know, how does that affect you know some of the other guys that are there, uh, in their positions and their roles? Because that that that's actually quite a few guards now for Utah State coming back. Yeah, Shulga, Ashworth, 
Rylan. I mean, that that's your point guards, and then you've got um, uh, the other the tra- the U, uh, UMBC transfer, Adel uh, Rock. Rock. Yeah, he, he's he's not real big, but he's more of a scoring guard. So, um, Bearstow, Bearstow plays point. Do you try to shift him and develop him more into like a shooting guard, an off guard? Take the ball out of his hands as uh, Brock Miller primary backup. <laughs> there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, there's a lot of moving there's a parts. Lot of work to do. A lot of moving parts there. It would feel good though to at least solidify what would appear to be most of your starting lineup. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think the starting lineup is there. You know, how does who's first off the bench? Who replaces whom? I think that's still very much yeah. up for grabs yeah. for Coach Odom. Uh, 435-339-0321 on the Guild Mortgage text line if uh, you want to weigh in on this. Uh, good move for Utah State to get Ryland Jones and I, so. I got to look at his name again. Norbert Thellison. Uh, no one knows about Norbert Thellison other than he originally committed to the U. Now look, if he's going to commit to Utah in the Pac-12, he's got to have some skill level. Completely agree. So that's, eh, we'll see. Oh, it works out. I guess we will learn about him, right? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. I right. mean, uh, Cody also pulled up had this uh, kid too, uh, Muzamil Hamoda from Bridgeton Academy, committed six seven wing. Actually, yeah, I like his highlight package. I've been watching it the entire time we've been doing the show. <laughs> well, I've I've also seen that highlight package. It's of a practice, so I don't know really Eric, how much stock Optimism. to put into that. Optimism, Eric. <laughs> you can do it for the Jazz. You can do it for the Aggies, Eric. <laughs> Ajay's not here. Come on. (laughs) That was actually Ajay's voice coming out of me right there. But look, I mean, Coach Coach Dixon mentioned him when we had him on. Um, They they like his athleticism. Somebody who has upside. He's coming from Maine. So he's a long ways to get here. But he would be the, the, if I remember correctly, reading about him and his commitment to Utah State, he'd be the first basketball athlete from Bahrain to get a, a an option to go play at the Division One level. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. I mean, I'm just glad to see them get some size. <laughs> about all the cards they got. Uh, it's true. Oh, man. It's true. All right, so anyway, if you want to weigh in on the announcements today, well, not official, but the reports today. Maybe that's a better way to put it. The reports today uh, about the Utah State basketball editions, uh, Ryland Jones, uh, Norbert Thelison, from Utah, leaving Utah to come to Utah State. Ryland Jones played uh, at uh, Logan High his freshman season, transferred to Olympus. He was uh, Mr. Basketball. He was Utah Gatorade Player of the Year when he was at Olympus. He was twice? Twice, yep. Wow. He was he was a great high school Good player at Olympus. Yeah. By the way, 4034 said, if Ryland could stay healthy, he'll make Justin Bean a first-team Mountain West player next year. He has great basketball IQ. Mm. Yeah, he, he knows how to set up his guys. Oh, yeah. Great, true point guard. But who can score, too. Not bashful to score. I'm just excited to get to go to the games. They're going to supposedly be open get to go to them. Let's hope so by next late nope. October, right. early November. <laughs> I guess it's more early November that we have basketball games where they'll allow a lot more fans. Should be. I, I mean, with so. the Atlanta Braves, they're going 100% attendance. Yeah, uh, and I think Rangers the uh, Rangers stopped. are too. Yeah, they never stop. Like season's open. All right, fans, <laughs> <laughs> ready, go. 
Uh, I have to watch Rangers baseball, so. <laughs> That's a risk you take anyway by going to one of those games. Yes. How about the Cubs on a little uh, winning oh, streak no, here no, right no, now? No, Are we no, I don't want too early to optimism. get excited? No, I don't want any of this optimism. <laughs> I'm done with them. Don't give me that. All right, uh, since we're talking about college basketball, let's take a quick time out here on the Full Court Press. Uh, There are some proposals uh, to change some rules in college basketball. We talked about these when they were discussed among a a whole bunch of different proposals that were being kicked around. They've kind of fine-tuned it a little bit, and these are what they're focusing on. Uh, They will be voted on in early June, but uh, some of these I like. Some, I don't know that it really accomplishes much. Um, but uh, there's some rule changes for college basketball and potential changes to the lead-up to college football, too. So we'll discuss those coming up. Also preview Jazz and Nuggets, Jazz and Rockets, updated NBA standings. And uh, the other day, there was a near-perfect game in Major League Baseball. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. What are other equivalents to that in other sports? What What's equivalent to a perfect game in basketball or football, golf? or whatever other sport, 435-339-0321 to join us here on the Full Court Press. Bullcraft Utah Brigham City, a division of Nucor Steel, the nation's largest steel producer, is hosting a job fair at their facility Saturday, May 8th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They're looking for qualified applicants for production positions in their steel joist plant. You'll be working in a safety-oriented, fast-paced team environment with competitive pay, weekly bonuses, and benefits. That's a job fair at Bullcraft in Brigham, Saturday, May 8th. Nucor is an equal opportunity, affirmative action employer, male, female, disabled, vets, and a drug-free workplace. This, keep it on the download here, is the Dan Patrick Show. They didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? But the NFL with 17 games? All right. More fantasy, more gambling. Yeah, more money, Jesse. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL with all these these games. I'm going to sit this week nine out. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics are in the new Providence location next to the Bank of Utah. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette, along with the entire staff, look forward to helping your family. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, along with the Allergy Clinic, the Hearing Aid Center, and now Ascent Aesthetics, now in two locations, the Cash Valley Hospital and Providence. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Go to CashValleyENT.com for more details. That's CashValleyENT.com. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. I think there's only a certain level amount that our audience could take if we start yelling about that topic more and more. But I'm just saying, why is that the only one? That's all I'm saying. I mean, if it takes us shouting on the rooftops until we're blue in the face, until that change finally comes, then it'll be worth it. Every level. Women, little kids, professional, international, they're all four quarters. High school. Why? Why is that one different? Oh, man. No. I, I was just thinking about it because they, we have to do it a special way. <laughs> I was just thinking about it because the one of the rule changes potentially could be more fouls, and they're like, and we'll get into it. But there's they're talking about the not having to come out in the first half. Well, the NBA yes has six, but they also play eight more game minutes. 
over the course of a game. So there's that's. I think I know. It's dumb. <laughs> if we're going to propose basketball changes to basketball, let's address the ones that are that need to be changed the most. Like if we're going to have a couple of guys jump on a ball at the same time, yeah, let's, let's call a jump ball. That's fair. Just call it a jump ball. Why do we have to do alternating Why? possession? Why is are we that? afraid of somebody feeling bad if they can't do a jump ball? Yeah, I never, Am I intimidated? I never got that. Like, why Why are they not allowed to, to jump? I don't understand. It makes no sense. I'm with you. Yeah, that's confusing. It's like college basketball and pro basketball. Like, all right, so we're they're the same sport, but we're, we're kind of different. We want to be that way. Like, we're this way and they're that way, and it's going to stay that way. It doesn't make any sense. Well, there are some changes that may be coming to college basketball. There was a uh, rules committee, which, by the way, um, was uh, the committee chair, head coach at Colorado, Tad Boyle. So uh, Pac-12 had some strong representation for the basketball and football rules. We'll get to the football ones in a minute. But um, for basketball, what they're proposing and in one of the biggest ones, and I'm I'm, I'm okay with this because the NBA is doing this, and I'm okay that college basketball is following suit here. Uh, you could be assessed a technical foul if you fake being fouled. So basically no flopping. Oh, man, LeBron James is going to be in trouble. <laughs> For the last few years, they've been warning players, and basically the the word back from, from the officials is, We've been doing these warnings, and nobody cares because it has no teeth. It's just, hey, don't flop. Okay, I'm going to flop on the next time. Do you try to draw a foul. <laughs> you what can't is, do anything to stop me. What do is you, the repercussion? How many times do I don't even know. Like, I think you get one warning, right, and then it's a technical. Well, here's the, the proposal the is you would no longer issue a warning on the first occurrence. Um, instead, you would be assessed a Class B technical foul. And you get the other team would get one free throw. Now you would not be assessed a personal foul. Oh, that's good for that. So here are some examples of what the refs will be watching for. Okay, um, they'll be watching block or charge plays. If you are like flailing your arms like you got shot by a sniper <laughs> two hundred yards away, uh, players falling to the court despite not being contacted after field goal attempts, uh, dribblers who bob their heads to simulate being contacted, and players who act like they were the recipient of contact despite not being touched. So, does, uh, forgive me if I missed it. Does anywhere in there say it's reviewable? Because that's like, so my one, my two drawbacks are one, I feel like the the reason the warning thing hasn't, hasn't worked is because it's still so subjective. And it's so hard to catch because the game's fast. And the other thing is, are they going to review it? Well, I don't see anything in here that talks about reviewing, but what I'm seeing throughout this is that when no contact was made. Right. So it has to be pretty obvious if that's what I'm getting at then. See, and that, that my thing is, does that mean, does it actually fix it then? Well, <laughs> how do you know if no contact was made if you're not I, able to I, review it? That's yeah. what's so good. And I don't, I, I, I don't, I hate flopping, don't get me wrong, but I think there's a little bit of gamesmanship to uh, just all of the rules, that, all the things you said you're looking for, like bobbing your head and all that. There's a little bit of gamesmanship to it, but I definitely don't want more reviews. No. I absolutely do not want that. No. I agree with that. Uh, speaking of technology, uh, they one of the proposals is allowing live statistics on in the bench area for coaching purposes. Um, Question, why is that not a thing? Like, why yeah, are you not why, allowed to have them? Yeah, why, 
Why couldn't we do that before? I, I'm confused. Why is that not allowed? I mean, you've, you probably got somebody our... on the sidelines already, you know, with a pen and paper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's another rebound. Got to do my stat sheet here. Let's just have it automated and you can make it available. Well, the crazy thing here is that, so it says conferences can choose to use the experimental rule. If they choose to do so, they pick the technology. It says, Teams aren't allowed to use this in non-conference. Still confused. Why? What, what advantage is it? I don't understand. Well, I think part of the issue here is that um, one conference may choose to do this. They may have the technology to do it, while right. another may not. So there's right. a competitive disadvantage if you're a member of a conference that's too cheap <laughs> to set up I, I a little monitor. Sticks and, sticks and rocks on the sideline. And have somebody, some intern, just updating the stats as the game goes along. I'm just confused. Yeah, I, I guess. I'm just, <laughs> it's not that expensive. Are they going to steal some signs? Like, are we worried they're going to Astros in? I mean, I'm just so somebody confused. pull up your ESPN app. I mean, it's tabulating <laughs> real-time data. There's an intern over there be like, oh, he's got 14 points. <laughs> I don't get it. Poor uh, interns are going to lose their jobs. I'm so confused. A uh, couple text messages real quick. So there's a couple more Ryland ones. So 4034 said, Ryland could stay healthy. Sorry, uh, not that one. Uh, 9315 said, I think Jones is just what the Aggies need. Someone not afraid to shoot when needed. And then 5662 wants to ask, I came in late to the show. What did you do with Ajay? He knows he already lost the pick six, so he took the day off to work on his George Niang <laughs> highlight video. Yes, he's uh, deep in research. <laughs> he's he's combing through highlight reel after highlight reel. How <laughs> we can put it together. You know, we never set a deadline on that. I just realized. We never set, like, when it's due. We didn't set a due date. I'd like to think before the season would be is over would be great. <laughs> well, we have to find out if he lo- if he lost or not. Like we won't know until Monday if he lost or not, uh, and then I guess we can set our due date at that time. But yeah, Wheel of Fate was very kind to him yesterday. That was the easiest one for him to get off. But uh, yeah, uh, Ajay is gone today. I don't, we don't know where he went. He just told us he had to go somewhere. He said he had to leave town. That's it. His exact quote to me was, I got to leave town. Nothing fancy, nothing big. I just got to go. He told me he was going to a private island. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> got some important people. Um, with technology, with back to the college rules, um, there is an option to have live, to view live video or preloaded video on the bench. Again, only during conference games. See, that one I get. That one I get being regulated because that's that's an advantage. There's definitely something to that. The stats thing I don't, but that one I get. Well, the uh, Mountain West actually uh, kind of a pioneer in in this uh, live stats arena where they've put technology in a bas- in the basketball, and uh, they have like some I can't remember who it is. There was a, a a really interesting technology partner for the Mountain West that would provide them really interesting live in real time data about player movement, ball movement on possessions and things like that. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I saw that, right? Cuz they were talking about that in the was it the Mountain West tournament, right? Uh it was who did Utah State play the second game? Colorado State, I think. There or no, maybe, maybe it was a Nevada game, but it was somewhere in the Mountain West tournament. They were talking about the number of passes made per points and so the more passes they made, the more success they had. So I think that was the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's stuff. Uh now the next one is what I think gets us most confused. Yes. And it's this experimental foul structure. Yes. So uh, they voted to recommend it to the NIT board. So the NIT is kind of the test kitchen for college basketball. Yeah. If you want to consider a new rule, you throw it into the NIT tournament. 
No, I, let's see how it works. Uh, but this one, and it, it will it'll be in place next year, the 2022 NIT. So here's what it is. A player could be allowed a maximum of six fouls instead of the current five. But here's where it gets tricky. It all depends on when you're assessed the foul. And this is what just, it's silly to me. So uh, it, under this new rule, a player called for four personal fouls in one half would be disqualified from playing the rest of the game. So if I get four fouls in the first half, I'm out. You're going to get five or six. You lost. So I don't get six fouls? I only get four you fouls? You don't even get five anymore. You're done, Eric. <laughs> I only Sit. get four fouls. <laughs> Sit down. Send in the brute squad. Left, right, left, right. Use, up their, use their four fouls, and then they're gone. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, they'd have to sit the rest of the game. Uh, but if you have one foul in the first half, you'd be disqualified after picking up four in the second half. If a player has Don't three fouls, that. and if you have three fouls in the first half, so you avoid being disqualified in the first half. If you get three in the first half, you would have an additional three in the second half. So as long as you keep it under four, all right, so clearly two, in any given half, two or three fouls is my sweet spot. I got to get every half. That's the perfect amount. Yeah, that doesn't what? make any sense. So the if you have three, the rationale is if in, currently in college basketball, if you yeah, intern Cody's trying to do the math over there, <laughs> if so you dumb. get square two to two square, right? Uh, three <laughs> carry three, the one, three, three to four in the first half. Bad three, keep the three, three carry over. Very good. Very Multiply by fouls. pi. <laughs> You've only got. You don't got one foul. Go get a free foul so you can go, get go, four. Go, go, go. You get a free one. Is it a summer equinox? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, but here's the thing. Like, if we see this, that if if a player gets two two fouls in the first half, especially if it's a big man then or a critical player, sometimes they'll sit on the bench Sitting and then they'll be it. really reserved about how to use them in the second half. Yeah. Oh, that's two fouls. Oh, don't let him see the court. He might get that third. Woo! <laughs> Be careful. That third foul. Eric, apparently not a fan of that approach is, the, is what I'm gathering. Like, oh, my gosh. You just like, so that's an unpardonable <laughs> sin. You just committed the third foul. The, de- the, de- the death penalty. Third foul. So the refs clearly got it out for him. So you got to sit him down for a little bit. Yeah. Avoid it. But it is, I mean, it is common, though. This is a common practice by college coaches. If you get two fouls in the first half, your playing time in the second half is going to be really limited. And really, part of uh, the the first half too, but um, the they're trying to find a way to keep good players on the court, which I guess makes sense. But I, I, what, is there any statistics to back this up? Did they find like too many good players found? Because I don't think that's true. Also, clearly, the NCAA is also wanting you to get three fouls because if you get two and you sit, they hate that, and if you get four, you're done. So three's the sweet three's spot. The sweet spot. Oh, magic number three. <laughs> so they will experiment with it in the NIT. I got the other thing too. Don't they do quarters in the NIT? Do they? That's what that's what got us started on this whole discussion. <laughs> Is there like I thought oh, they experimented with quarters in the <sighs> NIT. I think you're right. The other thing that gets me about this is um oh, I lost my train of thought. Eric, no, no, <laughs> you got me on the quarters thing again. <laughs> I threw you off. <laughs> oh, that was just gonna ask. How many like the so the I the two foul thing I'm with you it's kind of coaches get really guarded if you pick up two fouls in the first half especially if it's a big player so they're kind of guarded with them but the the whole the whole idea of the fourth foul thing to me is a joke 
I don't think there's too many goons out there that go out there and be like hack, hack. I don't. I just don't think it happens. No, right. Let's let's get the last guy off the bench. Bring him in. The opposing team has somebody that's torching us. Just go after him. Make it hard for him. Rough him up. Get your fouls. And then go to the bench. I, I you don't see that. I just don't think. It, yeah, I'm I just, you, so I don't. I think it's kind not of in college ball. Unnecessary rule. It's not like that Rangers Capitals game the other day. We're like, all right, let's start <laughs> the game. All right, we're fighting, and the whole lines were fighting. I just it doesn't happen. Just if we're gonna say you have an option of six fouls, let's just say you have six fouls. I agree. And four just quarters. Whenever you get the fouls, you get the fouls. Can, <laughs> what's the What's the magic of getting four fouls in the first half that means you're disqualified? What if, what Why don't I get to still do anything in the second half? Can he give him one? Like he gets a fifth one. He has to sit the rest of the first half, and then he can have five. Like he, I, don't, I don't. What's understand. the magic of that? I don't understand. I gotta tell you, I love this timeouts one because watching the in, the uh, tournament, it was so obnoxious. Like, oh, stop to play. They were like, go to timeout on everything. That was so annoying. So the uh, they were talking about the goal of having fewer stops in the game. The committee proposed any timeout. Called by team will be designated as a media timeout, provided the media has not already been used in that segment. So normally it was under 16, under 12, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But one of my one of my griefs of, of college basketball is coaches will know when these designated timeouts are being called, and they'll call their timeout right before it. They'll come out and one run one play, and, oh, it's got to call a timeout. It's time for the media timeout. Yeah. It's like, we just took a big timeout. I agree. That's why I like I like. Why don't we just change. have a quarter break? Because it was <laughs> back to quarters. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking, back to quarters, I'm Cody. picking up a theme. <laughs> I don't know. The rule like... change. <laughs> why is that not in here? I'm not an expert, but I'm picking up a theme. <laughs> I, I mean, I think we've solved most of these problems by just getting four quarters. I'm going to be honest. Just not four fouls. Also, can I just real quick, we don't have to dwell on this, but they – the committee proposed allowing shot clocks to have tenths of seconds displayed next season. Why is that not a thing already? Uh, it, and again, it comes back to that it's up to you. If you want to do it, if you want to spend the money to have a, a clock in your gym that has tenths of seconds, uh, it's up to you if you want to do that. I mean, but, but why aren't is this? I mean, not, when it gets to under 10, why aren't we doing that? Shouldn't it? Yeah. Just, Especially late game situations. It I makes get, a difference. Just a no brainer to me. I don't understand. This to me is classic NCAA stuff. They're like, all right, uh, what do you guys want? We're we're a centering body. We're going to cash in on everything you guys do, but when it comes to making a decision on anything, we have no idea. You guys figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's up to you. No clue. <laughs> oh, we're oh. amateur in our uh, management of this. <laughs> amateur sport is right. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Uh, so what do you think about these new proposals in college basketball? Again, they're not set. These are proposals, but uh, seems to be, you know, some of these are, are most likely going to happen and be instituted. Some are going to be experimented on during the, uh, the NIT. Right. But the, uh, the, the voting happens on June 3rd. Um, so they think it's still be tweaked a little bit at that point too. So, uh, do you like some of these rule changes? What other rules changes should college basketball be considering besides ones that we have <laughs> already been advocating? 435-339-0321 on the Guild Mortgage text line. Uh, coming up on the other side, there are some changes also being proposed for football. And this doesn't really change the game itself per se, 
Uh, but it all is, is all about the lead-up to games uh, and how practices are handled. So we'll update you on that. Uh, we'll continue to look at the Utah Jazz taking on the Denver Nuggets later on tonight. You can hear that game right here on The Fan. We'll preview that those interesting matchups. Uh, and uh, there was a near-perfect game in baseball earlier this week. What is an equivalent accomplishment in other sports and should we retroactively award perfect games? If it's so close, should we just give it anyway? Or is it, hey, this is the standard. It is what it is. We'll discuss that coming up on the Full Court Press. Behind Utah's most successful businesses is a whole lot of technology making them run. Behind that technology is Les Olson Company, your local office technology partner. With everything from copiers and printers to IT services and even computers and document management software, Les Olson Company has all the tools your business needs to do more. Need office technology? Partner with Les Olson Company. Visit lesolson.com slash tech. Les Olson Company. Daryl's Appliance is celebrating Mother's Day this weekend. Stop by and pick out an appliance and they'll give you a free flower for Mother's Day. You always have the best selection of name brand appliances at Daryl's, including Maytag, Whirlpool, Speed Queen, and more. And you can always be rest assured that you'll be taken care of after the sale. Daryl's service team is the best in the valley. Come get a new appliance and a flower for mom this weekend at Daryl's Appliance, where service always comes first. Daryl's, west on Airport Road. This Mother's Day, surprise mom with dinner for two and a piece of jewelry from S.C. Needham Jewelers. Choose from a large selection of pearls, silver, gemstone, and diamond jewelry. Or you may find something special for her in our family jewelry collections. With Mother's Day upon us this Sunday, maybe an S.C. Needham gift card would make a timely gift. With the purchase of $149 or more, you'll receive dinner for two. Come shop today for the people and occasions that matter most. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at Castellite.com. Well, what shall we talk about? You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. Do I think it's a good look for for Kevin Durant to to go after Michael Rappaport? No, but I also think that if we are we taking everything that's said on surface level as being like I just it feels like there is a locker room talk aspect to it. The Doug Gottlieb Show weekday afternoons from one to four on Sports Talk Radio, one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Knight, filling in for AJ Salveson, who is in an undisclosed location. Some bunker reviewing George Nyang highlights. <laughs> Intern Cody hanging out with us as well. Uh, and it's a Friday. It's a good day. It's Friday. Uh, so a couple things going on. Uh, we talked about proposed changes for college basketball. There are also some changes being proposed for college football. 
But really, it only is about the preseason. It's the practices leading up to the regular season. Uh, and this was actually Mark Harlan, the AD at, U- at Utah, who was uh, who led the subcommittee that really developed these recommendations. And it's it's really it's mostly about doing things to prevent players from getting hurt. Um, so here here are the rundown. Uh, here's the rundown of what some of these changes are. Uh, prohibiting drills that create unneeded contact, particularly straight line contact that's not common to the game. Reducing the maximum number of contact practices from 21 down to 18, requiring at least seven helmet-only days with optional spider pads and restricting full pad days to nine. Increasing the uh, acclimatization period from five to seven days. Additional limits on full contact practices, including no more than two consecutive full contact practices. A total of no more than 75 minutes of full contact with any practice session and no more than two scrimmages in the preseason. So some of this I see it makes sense. I mean, you want to protect the players. You don't want – nobody wants injuries before the season gets going. You don't want injuries at any time. You want to try to keep the players as healthy as possible. But at the same time, limiting contact, is that going to affect particularly defenses? Are you going to, like, not being able to be as well-practiced and versed in wrapping guys up and understanding how to play with someone coming at you at force in pads? Yeah, I mean, I kind of lean that way. Too. Like, don't get me wrong. I want the players to be safe, and I want to see all the best players on the field on, on Saturday. Mm. But, I mean, the one that gets me is the 75 minutes. Like, is somebody going to be over there and be like, and go. 74. I, like... <sighs> It seems, it seems really strict. I, the limiting of the helmet, the helmet, stuff like that. The minute one is the one that bugs me. But I, I'm with you. Like, I want players healthy, but football is football. Yeah. So at some point, I don't know if this is it, but at some point, you know, you can't take the football out of football. Football's hitting. You can clean it up, and I'm with that. Like the straight line contact, I get that. How often do you really see one player run straight at another? And that just doesn't matter. Uh, no. <clears throat> So th- Even on kickoffs, like, yeah. guys are taking angles and yeah. yeah. So that I'm good with that, but football's football. Unfortunately, it's a violent sport. So I, I I'm I'm with you, Eric. There's I think a little bit of I guess you got to try and find the balance of the drawback of contact versus the health of not contact. Sounds like all the uh, PR guys from the NFLPA got in and uh, helping out these college guys a little bit. Well, I mean, am I wrong? Does this does this potentially help? more offensive-minded teams than those that are defensive? Does this help the offense more than the defense, or does it affect both sides equally? I think it would help the offense, in my opinion. I don't know. That's just the way that football tends to be going as a trend. Like, it's more of an offensive game. Like, people want to see highlights of offense. Like, you're cracking down on defense. You can't hit this hard. You can't hit this high. You can't hit at this time. Like, yeah, it it would match with the trend that I've seen. Right, because the, the more violent side of the ball is the defensive side. They're the ones that are coming at you, more force, more intent to bring you down. Right, that's their whole purpose is to stop you. Um, and if you limit their practices and their ability to 
understand how to play the game with pads on at speed, I think that that could slow things down a bit. But at the same time, they're practicing a lot over the course of a year. I don't know that limiting it from 21 to 18 contact practices is going to make that much of a difference. But in a few years, we're going to go from 18 to 15. That's the question, I think, is where does it stop? <laughs> to your point, Joe, I do agree defense, but what about offensive line? Like, I know that you can stand up and they run individual drills for, like, senior days. We saw not that long ago and all that stuff because with the draft just coming and going. But I think there's probably something a little bit different being an offensive lineman and dealing with someone running in shorts and a helmet maybe than dealing with someone in full pads who's doing whatever he can to get to the red jersey. That's true. It's true. As we all know, number one, nobody wants any quarterbacks hurt. <laughs> don't don't breathe on them. Yeah. Don't let them smell your breath. <laughs> um so uh, I'm I'm mixed. Mixed feelings on this. I, I I get doing what you can to protect player safety. You want your players, especially for anybody, you want your best players healthy at the start of the year. Absolutely. And you don't want them dinged up or, or nursing some injury that's gonna just slow them down the whole season. Um, it's a That's a developmental time for a lot of schools in the fall, especially schools like Utah State. That's when you're fine-tuning. I mean, the spring is a really important time for sure too, but fall is when you have your full complement of players. And that's when you really have – a coaching staff has to really evaluate what do we really have in our system that we want this year who put in their work in the offseason for their drills and their weight room and all that other stuff? We got the high school kids here. We got the JC kids here. We got the other transfers here. We're all here now. So, what do we really have? And they're only going to have 18 contact practices to sort that out. Yes, there are other drills you can do. How are they in the film room? How are they in the team room in your position meeting? You can learn a lot about what these players really are and what they're how they're developing. But you still need the evaluation on the field. Nothing can, nothing can replace contact. No. Like. I'd be curious, too, Is there are there any schools that don't use the maximum amount of contact or uh, helmets, uh, helmet practice? Like, Is there? Is, is there? I, I, I would guess no. I don't know. Ooh, good question. I wonder if there's someone that doesn't use them all. Just because this is the maximum doesn't mean we have to hit that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's a really good question. Because then that would be something that would be interesting to pick their brain and look at the program as a whole and see, okay, how are you in terms of on-the-field production? Right. Like, hey, we uh, we haven't been doing this. We've been running it a little bit different way, different model. Yes, that's how much the, the maximum allowed, but doesn't mean we have to. Yeah. If it's all about keeping your players healthy but still being able to have a quality evaluation, that's great. I got no problem with that. Yeah. So, anyway, that's... That is uh, what is uh, going to be implemented um, for this upcoming uh, fall practices. And, and the other thing, too, is limiting to two preseason uh, scrimmages, which really Utah State has only done two scrimmages anyway. Uh, coming up next hour, stick around. We're going to be talking about the NBA. Utah Jazz with a big showdown tonight with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and uh, perfect game in baseball, nearly a perfect game. What other achievements in sport compare? We'll discuss and debate coming up next. 
Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Angels designated Albert Pujols for assignment yesterday. In other words, he's going to become a free agent shortly. He's 41 years of age. He's actually tied for fourth on the Angels' all-time home run list with 222. That might sound surprising because Pujols really didn't have a signature moment with the Angels. They signed him to that 10-year, $240 million deal back in December of 2011. But his best days were behind him. They came in St. Louis. And it may not be fair to him, but Pujols has become a cautionary tale. Teams have to be wary of signing older players to long-term deals. That's not to say Pujols won't be a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won three MVPs. He has 667 home runs. It just wasn't meant to be for Pujols with the Angels, who ironically brought on a player who might have taken over for Pujols as the best hitter in baseball in Mike Trout. But they still haven't won. Now Pujols moves on, and the Angels still looking for answers. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. I recently had a chance to go outside and give my truck some much-needed TLC, so I grabbed McGuire's new bright orange bottle, the Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax. Couldn't wait to try it. Has a unique two-liquid system that not only gently cleans the paint, but leaves behind their Hybrid Ceramic Wax protection with instant water-beating action. Now my truck looks good. It is dope. It's protected. McGuire's Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax with advanced SIO2 technology. McGuire's Ceramic Made Easy. 20 years ago, Odyssey changed the putting game when they introduced the White Hot Insert. Now the most iconic, most played, most sought-after putting insert of all time is back in the new White Hot OG. White Hot OG has the same mythical combination of sound and feel and performance as the original, but with modern upgrades that are available in classic head shapes like the two-ball, the Rossi, and the number seven. White Hot OG, legendary then, iconic now. See the new lineup at Odyssey. Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. This is The Herd. The winner in this is also Colin Cowherd. Tom Brady shows us what matters to him. He's been taking pay cuts for 15 years. Number one priority is winning. I've heard Aaron stubborn. Green Bay trying to do things, but stubborn is more important than winning. Ego more important than winning. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The home for Skyview Sports. Sports Talk Radio, KLGN Logan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. We are what you need to know. NBA with 10 games tonight, starting with New Orleans at Philadelphia. Phillies won six in a row. They're first in the East, two and a half games over the slumping Nets. The big news from New Orleans that Zion Williamson is out indefinitely with a broken finger. Brandon Ingram out indefinitely with a sprained ankle. The NBA regular season ends a week from Sunday. One of the late games tonight will have the Lakers at Portland, each with identical records of 37 and 29. This game will determine which team owns the Lakers-Portland tiebreaker. Currently, they're top 
tied for six in the West standings. The Philadelphia Eagles claimed running back Carrion Johnson off waivers from Detroit. The Jets cut wide receiver Josh Dotson, a former first-rounder from TCU. Rory McIlroy is two shots back halfway through the golf event in Charlotte. There's a three-way tie for the lead. In baseball today at Chicago, the Cubs edge Pittsburgh 3-2. to Tonight, Minnesota at Detroit, Twins outfielder Brian Buxton on the injured list with a strained hip. I'm Steve DeSager. It's the Full Court Press. There is no stopping this team! The Eggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Merrill for the lead! He's got it! It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and RJ Selvason. I'd hate to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manage a team. Y'all getting paid millions to act like the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390 am the fan hey what's going on everybody eric franson aj knight filling in for aj salveson intern cody back with us good to see you intern cody thanks good to be back and we won that trade (laughs) (laughs) there was a couple draft picks Uh, we gave up but we're good we can win now guys (laughs) we can win now (laughs) we've had an upgrade (laughs) <laughs> uh a uh, re- just recapping a big story from earlier uh this afternoon uh something that we led with last hour R- multiple reports are that uh utah university of utah losing even more players from their current roster craig smith is uh really that utah team has been decimated a lot of transfers and just add two more to the list and they are coming to utah state uh, one of them is Norbert Thelison. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. He's from the Netherlands, so who knows? Uh, he's six foot seven guard. Uh, well, assume he's small forward. Never really played for him last year, um, but uh, has international experience playing uh, playing in FIBA U20 European Championships. Uh, nice small forward. Average eleven points, four and a half boards, one assist, one point three blocks, and a steal. Uh, over the course of eight games. Um, but uh, that was back in uh, the FIBA U-20 European Championships in Portugal. And then the other one is that uh, Ryland Jones, former Logan High product. His uh, dad was on the Utah State coaching staff with Stu Morrill, went down to Utah. Ryland ended up going out to Olympus High School, was Utah Gatorade Player of the Year twice. Uh, While well, he was there, averaged 18 points, almost 10 assists. 6.6 rebounds and nearly three steals a game as a high school uh, senior. Um, but uh, that was his junior year. But then at, uh, at Utah, had a great freshman season. Sophomore year, did have some shoulder problems. But hopefully he gets healthy and is coming to Utah State and he'll be uh, be able to be the third guard under Coach Odom that's uh, coming to the Aggies in the last couple of weeks here. Uh, Text line's pumped about him coming. Yeah, it's a, I, it's really exciting. He's from here. Well, spent a lot of time here. Uh, I think he's a great point guard. Yeah. Who's, as, as we heard in the text line, not afraid to get his own shot. Yeah. So uh, it's a great addition. I think he'll be able to set up other guys on the team. It'll be really nice. So a couple of new additions to Utah State. I think that pretty much takes care of the roster, if I'm not mistaken, for Utah State. I think that's about all that they can offer, all that they can take, unless they feel like somebody else may be on the move. But transfer portal, I think there's still a week or two that's still where it's open, but it's mostly settled. But there are still a few players going into it. 
But uh, multiple reports today saying that Ryan, excuse me, Rylan Jones and uh, Norbert Phillison is uh, they're both coming to Utah State from the University of Utah. So yeah, and like you said, uh, on the Guild Morgan's text line, a lot of different people pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yep. I think it's cool when, you, like you said, you get a local star, so the adjustment in terms of the geography ought to be good, and he's talented. There's no denying that, and a lot of people have commented <clears throat> as well about his willingness to take a shot when you and when you combine that with the the UM, UMBC transfer. Uh, I think you hope that that's one of the things that obviously would be a big improvement because I think we would both agree, or all three of us would agree, Utah State's a big problem, especially late in the Mountain West Championship and the game against Texas Tech. There's just too many times where they just couldn't get a bucket. They just got st- stalled and couldn't figure it out right right it, like who's somebody that can initiate offense get guys going or get things going themselves yeah and I, I think there's some additions both this uh umbc guard that transfers he can do that i think Ryland jones can do that uh i, I think that now that there's more time steven ashworth has gotten a little more confidence i think he potentially could do that mm-hmm. uh, so uh, i think utah state goes from one of, if not the biggest, which I think they were, the biggest roster in all of college basketball. I think they've taken a significant step back the opposite direction. Uh, they've gotten smaller. But I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, but that could be a pretty small guard lineup for your starting lineup. Six foot, six foot three for your two guards. Um, but, I don't know. We'll see. I think that the starting lineup is pretty well set now right. for Coach Odom. It's now about figuring out the bench and the rotations. Uh, how does this affect Max Shulga, this announcement? How does this affect Stephen Ashworth? How does this affect um, Bearstow? Because those are all other guys that were point guards that like to play that position. Do they switch? I mean, can you have two guards on the field court at the same time? Do one of those Are they the primary backup for... Um, Edelrock. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting just because <laughs> your coach is going to be like, oh, just let the portal close. <laughs> I'll just be let done with this. Close. Is Barristow become the primary backup to Brock Miller? Does he slide into me more of a small forward? Use his, his size in that way? So, I don't know. This, this coaching staff, it's always fun to see how a coaching staff comes in with fresh eyes and like, okay, what do we have? How can we use you? Like somebody may have been stuck in a rut because of how the previous coaching staff had them pigeonholed, but a new coaching staff opens up new opportunities yeah. for them. It's no, true. absolutely. I mean, you saw what happened. We talked about uh, a while ago, but I mean, just look at what Craig Smith did with Justin Bean and um, Abel Porter, players like that, and all this. Like you were kind of like, why were they not playing already? This is ridiculous. So yeah, totally. That's right, because it was Crew Ainge. He was going to be the guy. And he wasn't getting it done, and Abel Porter kept playing hard in practice, and he's like, why don't we give this guy a little bit more time? Yeah. And it worked out great, and yeah. then Crew Ainge disappeared. Unfortunately. Maybe it wasn't that unfortunate. <laughs> hey, speaking of players coming to different schools, <laughs> uh, name, image, likeness. This has been a hot topic now for several years, right? And uh, it, it, uh, we're moving towards a... a Point in time here where players can benefit financially off of their name, off of their image, or off of their likeness. So if they appear in a video game that looks like them, wearing their number, 
wearing their jersey, they should get some compensation for that. Um, anybody else on that campus, they do something, they can get compensated for different things with their name, image, and likeness. But college athletes can't. That's changing. A couple of states have passed legislation that allows players to benefit. But it gets tricky here because they're not all the same. Uh, like Florida, they just recently passed a law for name, image, likeness. But um, they're only, uh, they can only keep themselves 25%. If somebody wants... so. Just to break it down as a, uh, I guess, a local aspect of it. If somebody wants Justin Bean to come and uh, record an ad for them saying, you know, they've got the best shoes in town, and I'm Justin Bean, and they take great care of me, and they'll take great care of you. I approve this message. <laughs> right. <laughs> like So Justin Bean could get some compensation for doing that, for lending his endorsement. But if uh, in this scenario in Florida – he would only get 25% of that. The school keeps the rest, which they say, well, then will be distributed to all the other athletes. But is that the same for every other state that's doing a name image likeness bill? Well, the Georgia one here says that they get 20, what, 25.1%, but the other 74.99 will go into, uh, into escrow with the amount that would be shared with other athletes. So, Oh, sorry, this is the one you're talking about. Yeah, so that's the Georgia one. Right, but the other thing too is you don't get you can't touch it while you're in school. Right. So you get a draw on it after you graduate. I think the the cool thing is I didn't know, I didn't know this the the bill requires college athletes to take 5 hours of financial literacy and life shop workshops to prepare for receiving compensation. That's kind of cool. That's smart actually. Yeah. The big smart. I know that- why aren't they requiring this anyway? <laughs> I agree. Why aren't we in four quarters? <laughs> <laughs> Questions that will keep you up at night. It's funny. To me, this was inevitable. Uh, I, I wonder, so I guess before I get into the story I was going to tell, what do you think about the fact that the so the, the player, you use Justin Bean as an example, so he gets to keep 25%, the other 75% of the school distributes the other um, the other. Sports, because I know we've talked, uh, Audrey and I have talked about our podcast, we've covered this before with the other, the, basically the Olympic sports, it's not basketball. One of the things that people involved with those programs are terrified of, something like this moves forward, is the money sports are three. Football, men's basketball, women's basketball. Those are the three that drive the revenue, and so they feel like the other ones will suffer. So this seems like kind of the middle ground, but... It also seems like punishing Justin Bean. Like, don't be wrong. I want the other sports to exist, you know, they and they have their chances. But like, Bean is the one they wanted. So you're like, all right, you get a fourth of it, and we're gonna. Why am I paying for seventy five percent? Yeah, of like someone it's, it's else on the tough. lacrosse team or something like that. Right, and think of how many other athletes you have in an athletic program. Right, hundreds. Yeah, oh, tons. So at the end of your college career, you have like one really dynamic guy who's going to get a lot of these opportunities but yeah. not very many other people at the end you go to get your draw from this escrow account and you're going to get what 20 bucks yeah I, that's i'm going to spread around across 200 some athletes i'm torn on it because like i get i don't want the olympic sports to suffer i don't want them to disappear they were obviously some of the first ones that got axed last year when we were dealing with all the covid stuff but also i think it's 
it's his likeness. It's Justin Bean's likeness. So Justin Bean, you can cash in on your likeness, but so is pretty much every other athlete as well. I think I, it's hard. It's tough. The funny the story I was going to get into is I've actually gotten in a lot of arguments with this um, when this discussion first came up. I have plenty of friends at home that uh, we all went to the same college, and they they're not. They're like, this is stupid. They should not get paid for it. I'm like, you realize they generate millions upon millions of dollars from the university. Like, well, yeah, well, they get to go to school for free. That's the trade. I'm like, well, I hate that argument because you know who else can go to school for free? Anybody that gets good grades. They will give you scholarships. I've seen them do it. So the, it, it's, I, I can't even imagine after hearing athletes talk about their schedule because they, they still have to maintain a certain GPA to play while also going to practice and going to games and weightlifting and all that so they can still maintain their scholarship. And I feel like it's just so, it's such an oversight to be like, well, the education's the trade-off. I think they should take advantage of it, don't be wrong, but they not only get the education, they also generate millions upon millions of dollars. I mean, what, the March tournament every year generates $4 billion, $2 billion for the NCAA? Who once again, by the way, can I just add, absolutely to be found. <laughs> Trying to make decisions on this. How about you have a universal decision? Uh, Here's the rule. And they're like, yes. whatever. Right. Like, so if I, right now I've got, I've got some high school kids yep. that at least once a week, they're getting something in the mail from a different university. Of course. Consider our campus. It's beautiful. Put this on your wall. Think of us. We have these kinds of programs, whatever. I mean, they're not being recruited in air quotes there, but as they get further along and start taking tests that they could start to see, you know, what kind of skill level they might have. Right. There may be opportunities for scholarships. Yeah, and of course. Some schools will will recruit. But is my would my son go to a school and be able to go to school on an academic scholarship in the time that he's there? Is he going to help that school generate millions of dollars if he's not a Division one athlete playing college football or a starter for? For college basketball? No. Not even close. No. Absolutely not. No. I mean, the only thing comparable is if you do like an engineering or a science field or a med, like if you do like lab research. Right. And then you're able to come up with some new idea, you get a patent, and then years down the line, they're able to cash in on it and yeah. it becomes a big thing. Yeah. It's, it's a longer play. Yeah. So it is different. Those, those athletes absolutely provide a tremendous benefit to the university and to the community. But there is also this whole idea of we're going to have this grand schism of haves and have-nots. If you're able to go to one school that can have a tremendous amount of opportunities for endorsement opportunities, social media, influencer posts, uh, show up to the big car sale, show up driving that new Ford truck that you got from the dealer down the street. And th- those things kind of that, happen to that, some degree already. That the university owns 75% of. But now it's sanctioned. Yeah, I mean... When- I mean if you're going to go to a, a place like... Col- if you're going to go to Columbus, Ohio, think of all the, the opportunities that are there versus oh, yeah. Logan, Utah. Well, that raises an interesting point, too. So, obviously... Uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's ironic because the 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 plea of a lot of people is keep politics out of sports, but this is going to inverse it because poli- sports is going to get involved in politics. And be like, hey, we really need a generous pass on this. It's going to help the universities. 
So it's going to depend state by state what they decide because the NCAA is going to sit on their hands even though they're the legislating body. But the other part of it is, too, is this something similar to transfer market? Because don't be wrong, I'm sure if you go play on an Alabama team that wins a national championship for football, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of players all along the depth chart that's going to get asked because they're part of a great team, but the top guys are going to. Or could you go to a mid-major where you're an absolute stud, and then they're like, well, then that's the only guy we're going to talk to. Like, if you go to Logan and you're just amazing. Like, if you imagine in this area, let's say Jordan Love, right? There was all that buzz his senior year or junior or whatever it was. He's going to be a first-round pick. I'd imagine he was going to be the first name most people suggested if this rule was in place. So is that something that helps mid-majors too, depending on what, obviously, state-by-state state the rule is? Right, or Sam Merrill. No, it's another great example. Probably even a hotter commodity. Yeah. But uh, it may not have been a fair comparison, Logan to Columbus, Ohio. No, I agree. Because you're going to go, I mean, it's, you're, they're looking at a different class of athlete, period. Yeah. So if you're looking at Logan or Fort Collins. Right. Logan or Fresno. Fresno's a bigger metropolitan area. Yeah. Logan or San Diego. No, that's fair. Logan. I mean, what, what are your options? Yeah. Vegas. No state of Texas in that state either. So that's an yeah no. Not only does it create schism between the P five and the non P five, but even within your own conference, there's that yeah. possibility. Laramie, I mean, what are you going to get a lot in Laramie? It's fair. No, it's a fair point. Versus it may it may kill uh-huh. small small town college. Boise, twenty five percent on all those tractor sales in Laramie. I don't know. Well, I mean, the the difference with Laramie, I should say, is you've got it statewide. That whole state loves. That team, there are no, there's no competition whatsoever. That being said, that whole state, there are less people in that whole state than a couple neighborhoods in San Diego. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Think of all the different variations you've listed here between Power Five and, and mid major, then mid major city size, then state by state. Because that said something interesting too. So that may put Laramie behind San Diego State, but maybe that puts Laramie ahead of Logan because. The whole state's going to support the, that. Whereas if you go to Logan, you got to split with BYU, you got to split with Utah, you got to split with Weber. That's that, yeah. there's just so many variations as you work your way down. And yet again, I just again, I will never miss an opportunity. The NCAA, where are you guys at? You collect the paychecks, you cash them. You don't want to give them to the students, but you can't make a rule on this when everybody <laughs> else is. Are we going to have a quote unquote governing body that makes sense of this for all the? It's ridiculous. Sports and athletes. No, they've totally abdicated themselves out of this. Uh, Alabama, Mississippi, New Mexico, Florida, uh, they have their own. We already talked about Georgia, but these other states, they have their own name, image, likeness laws that will take effect this summer. That's crazy. I mean, I can't imagine Texas is too far behind either. Twelve states already have laws signed, including Arkansas. Uh, A bill in South Carolina just passed, and they're... Both of their chambers, so just waiting for the governor to sign it. That's crazy. Bills are going through in Louisiana and Texas. So it's becoming a thing. States are like, NCAA, you're not acting on this. It needs to happen. We're blazing our own trail. Yeah. The problem is each each state can have different ways of interpreting it, and that may affect which school I choose to go to. Like if all things are being equal, these are good schools, and I can – uh, can compete at a good level at any of these schools, which school is in a state where I may be able to benefit more yeah. be- based on their rules yeah. and their laws. Yeah. You don't think that's going to be used in recruiting? Oh, abs- yeah. Why would it? Would absolutely. absolutely. Everything's used in recruiting. Because the other thing, too, is one of the best things. So it, 
Don't get me wrong. I, there's, I think, a, sort of a good thing to having a villain. But one of the best things, I think, for sport is parody, right? What does college football not have? Parody. It absolutely does not have it. And this would maybe shift it. So maybe maybe one of the states of the powers, maybe Ohio, Alabama, maybe their ruling on the name likeness stuff doesn't work. And so those fall from grace a little bit. But I'd imagine once they're established and let someone goes back, you're just going to not have parody again. You could see a situation in Idaho where they will, the state legislature will purposely try to game the system to benefit Boise State. Right. You can clearly see that. Where to give them an advantage over somebody else. Absolutely could see that happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like I said, if you if your claim is you don't want politics and sports, this is the this is the same thing, but opposite. Sports is going to get involved in politics because they're going to be beating down the doors like we need you to do something generous in terms of the name likeness one because it is going to absolutely slay in recruiting because this is the next step. Does potentially an athlete get paid to endorse a political candidate? Ooh, that's interesting. That <laughs> oh, is a whole level of Wow, that is <laughs> I'm not ready for that, Eric. <laughs> I mean, what's to stop? I mean, what limits are well, there? Well, I mean, wouldn't it, I mean, yeah, right? Cuz once you once you have the option to make off your likeness, it's your choice how you use it, right? You could do anything. Commercial, uh, you know, billboard, endorsement, anything. I mean, as, Live events. they'll pay you to do it as long oh, as yeah. it's not illegal, I you pretty sure, yeah, you show up at a birthday party if they give you the right <laughs> amount of money. If that uh, university is located in a place where you really need that vote, who better than the star that, player? Certain too. voting districts. That uh, that would change politics, I think, for a certain amount too, because there's a lot of people who talked about obviously um, former President Trump obviously beat the doors down on the the Big Ten thing, and the reason why they said he specifically targeted that was because the Midwest was an area he needed to win. He didn't, and he and he didn't win the presidency. But that, they, I, that's an interesting concept. It's really this gets back to what you said earlier. This is a problem with the NCAA just being asleep at the wheel, not minding their 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 house, and so everybody's coming in and they're taking their own bits of pieces of furniture that they like. Well, the question, their own interpretations of how they want to do it. While we're speculating, how about, can we throw this out here too? So it would depend because obviously this the uh, name likeness is different state to state, so that's tough conference but like if you're if you're a power five conference say, say you're sec football right everybody knows what sec football is how much longer are you going to tolerate the ncaa because we just watched them do nothing for covid and really the only reason we got football is because i think the big 12 and the acc and, and the sec specifically the sec and big 12 are like now oh, we're doing it whatever we're doing it we can still go forward and have a season so we don't need you to tell us at what point if you're like the sec or maybe sec football or big 10 basketball you, you know what we're not going to share the revenue we're going to go do our own thing and I, I think that they would be fine. I, as a Big Ten fan, I would absolutely. They already have the network. They got a Big Ten network. SEC has a network. Just be like, you know what? We're not part of the NCAA. We're just going to go form our own independent league, and we'll pocket all the cash that we get. We're not going to share it with you. All right, we'll pay our players. Yeah, we'll recruit. Look, you can go play for, you know, some other conference. You can go to the Pac-12, but once you come us, you'll get to play at a, on a big stage in front of a big crowd. And we'll pay you to be here. We'll take care of you. Yeah. We'll take care of your family. And they can do it openly. I mean, we all know it's been going on under the <laughs> under the table for years. Yeah. Oh yeah. For decades. Oh yeah. But now they can do it openly. I just I, I feel like that's the way we're heading. The NCAA wants to turn its eye to something that's inevitable because it's like, no, they're amateurs. Like states have decided, man, you lost. The battle's over. So get involved. And they're like, eh, whatever. We're not gonna do anything. I just I don't understand. 
The NCAA, to me, if it's not going to have any power, then why does it have power? Why do you get to collect the checks if you're not going to do anything? Right. It, it's impotent. It can't enforce anything. Yeah. Has no power or authority. These power conferences, look, they they insist now. I'm being. Uh, I call them Power Five. I think a lot of us do, but they prefer to be called the Autonomous Five. They're already moving in that direction, and it's, I think it, I think we're getting a lot closer to that day where they're just like, we don't need to be affiliated with the NCAA. I, I mean, if they could put their egos aside, what would stop? If, in all honesty, would would you stop watching college sports if the Autonomous Five just left and they said we're going to form our own thing? We're taking all of our whatever schools, sixty to hundred schools, we're going to form an independent league and basically come do our own thing. I'm, I gotta be honest. I'm sorry. I'm not staying with the NCAA. I'm gone. <laughs> Still watch those schools? Yeah. Still watch those games? Oh, yeah. And uh, do they play schools that are not a part of their league? Probably not. I don't know how. Maybe you work something out where you could still have some cross. But I don't I don't know. NCAA, it's, NCAA sucks. <laughs> Bad news. <laughs> Unless they decide to change the four quarters in college basketball. And then we'll, I'd give them a chance. We might change our opinions. <laughs> All right, coming up next here on the Full Court Press. By the way, if you want to continue to weigh in on this, love to get your reactions. 435-339-0321. Uh, should Utah have a name, image, likeness bill? And should the player get all the money? Or should it be distributed to... Because look, not every player... like That fourth stringer on the track team is never going to get a chance to do anything like that. Like the, the star guard for the, the men's basketball team. Should there be some distribution that that all athletes get to benefit from, or does the player that makes the most gets the most attention, makes the most plays, take the most home? Uh, so four three five three three nine zero three two one. Utah Jazz in a big uh, showdown tonight against the Denver Nuggets, and they face the Houston Rockets tomorrow. We'll preview that. Uh, get your predictions on that as well. Who needs to have the better game tonight for the Utah Jazz if they want to get this win? No Donovan. No Connolly. Do the Jazz have a chance? 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. Wouldn't it be nice to work for a company that puts their employees first and isn't afraid to say thanks for a job well done? An employer who respects you and has no problem rewarding you with a competitive wage and benefits package? You belong with a company like Third Gen Machine right here in Logan. Third Gen Machine is hiring CNC operators, machinists, and maintenance technicians. Apply on Indeed. Just go to Indeed.com and search Third Gen Machine. Trust me, Third Gen Machine is where you want to be. Equal opportunity employer. There's a lot of strain on various industries right now. Supply stretched thin as demand is at an all-time high. If you are building or remodeling and are looking for ideas for stone to face your home, it's crazy. Coldwater Stone and Tree Modern and Castellite and Logan want to take that frustration and challenge away from you. They are a local homegrown business with stone products made by Coldwater and sold by Castellite. Stop in and make your choice today for brick, block, rock, paver, and tile. Go where the pros go. Online at Castellite.com. This is Larry from Larry's Pharmacies. Often, commercial drugs don't meet individual needs. You may be allergic to fillers or dyes, need a unique strength, or something that is unavailable. Compounding medicine is how pharmacy began. I have compounded meds for over 30 years. My labs are state-of-the-art and conform to the highest standards. My highly trained staff will compound it accurately and price it fairly. If regular treatments don't work well, call me to see if there is a better, more economical alternative we can compound for you. 
Stay well. This keep it on the down low here is the Dan Patrick Show. They didn't go, hey, you know what? We have 16. Why don't we go to 15? Why don't we go to 14? But the NFL with 17 games? All right. More fantasy, more gambling, yeah, more money, Jesse. Feels like we're entering the load management era of uh, NFL Ooh. with all these all these games. I'm going to sit this week nine out. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, the Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Eric Franson, AJ Knight filling in for AJ Salveson, intern Cody filling in as well. If you want to weigh in, uh, a lot of different topics we're covering today. It's been a lot of fun, man. It's going by way fast. Uh, text yes. us in on the Guild Mortgage text line, 435-339-0321. And Cody, I guess we've got a few people weighing in. Yeah, uh, we've we've been just on such a hot topic and we've been rambling on. But uh, 5338 says, my source is telling me that Ajay is heading to the Jazz game tonight to hang out with Z-Dog. <laughs> BT-Dubs, I would like to see flopping remain legal, legal in the NBA. That's the most entertaining part of the game nowadays. Oh, no. No. <laughs> it got really bad with Manu Ginobili and more of the European influence because it was a big thing in, in soccer. Oh, yeah. Flopping Could was a huge if, thing in soccer. they installed technical fouls in soccer for flopping? I don't know. So- I I'm I have to admit and confess I'm not a connoisseur of the international game of soccer. It, I don't know if flopping is still a thing or if they've tried to crack down on that or not. I think I they did know. a little bit, but I mean, to me, nothing will be. Soccer is the most dramatic of all. Those compilations are just oh, oh yeah, yeah it's like good. oh my gosh, it looks like he broke his leg. They're gonna have to cart him off. He'll be out for months. And then he gets up and sprints fifty <laughs> yeah. yards. Like ten seconds later, I'm fine. <laughs> He's Paul Pearson it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I guess one other one that we missed. Uh, please, for all things holy, let the team call a timeout in the second half and advance the ball to midcourt. Oh, yeah. Many more exciting finishes. I think this is for That's the rules that we that went over last team. hour. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I guess. Like, but I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Well, if the argument is that you wanted to give six fouls instead of five to let the best players in to create more excitement, let them advance and get a chance to actually Get a shot off. North Korea rules. More excitement. Seven <laughs> point three pointers in what, the last thirty quarters. seconds. Four, did, four quarters. quarters. Make it did, happen. Do North Korea rules also say if you lose a certain amount of games, you're uh, you don't get exiled? Food? Oh wait, yeah, I think so. <laughs> do they have a wheel of fate? I like uh, <laughs> I like nine seven seven three's text as well. I think that's supposed to be a cane, but it says NCAA right now, and it's a person. I believe a a, a blind. Yeah, the the stick, uh, those that are visually impaired. The walking stick? Yeah, the walking (laughs) Exactly. I mean, don't forget, it's that, and then their hands are out so that people can put the money in their hands. Yeah, that's right. The little tin (laughs) cup. That Simpsons episode. Uh, So true. Uh, uh, Continue to get your thoughts. Love to get it. Uh, Hear from you at 435-339-0321 on our Guild Mortgage text line. Also, um, there was a near-perfect game earlier this week in Major oh, League Baseball. What uh, should should baseball should we have the authority, the power to go back and retroactively award somebody a perfect game? 
and also, what other achievements in sport are similar to a perfect game of baseball, or does it stand alone? So, love to get your thoughts on that. Weigh in on that. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Also, just real quickly, um, high school sports. Uh, the regular season coming to a close for baseball, softball, boys and girls lacrosse. Uh, final RPI and playoff standings will be announced. I think it's this weekend. Don't quote me on that. I think we're about there. Uh, we have the brackets already underway for uh, boys soccer. We've had two rounds already. Uh, AJ, how's Region 11 doing so far in boys soccer? Good. So the quarterfinals are going on the 12th. Uh, so one seed Juan Diego will play eight seed Stansbury. Four seed Snow Canyon will play five seed Snow uh, Skyview. Three seed Dixie will play 11 seed Ridgeline. And then two seed Green Canyon will play seven seed Mountain Crest. So four of the eight possible finals teams are from Region 11. And one for sure will at least make it to the uh, semifinals. And those games are next Wednesday? Yeah. So the 12th. They're all at four. Those are still home, right? They're only the yes. last two rounds. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, the only one that will be home will be Green Canyon. Mountain Crest will be at Green Canyon, and then everyone else will be on the road. All right. Well, best of luck to uh, Region 11 so far. Pretty good showing. Uh, exciting. So, hope it continues. Um, and then uh, we've got some interesting – I think we've got teams in those other spring sports that I talked about that I think have uh, some serious a serious chance of making a deep run in their respective sports. So, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that and keep you updated as uh, those playoffs continue. Uh, Utah Jazz in an exciting matchup tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Denver currently is in the uh, number four spot. They're just a half a game behind the Clippers. It's crazy to me that they have maintained without uh, Murray. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jokic has been the MVP, and he's had my vote. But it's still nuts to me. that I, I thought for sure they'd sink down at least a little bit. Well, Michael Porter Jr. has upped his game. I think having Aaron Gordon there has helped a little bit. Uh, they do. They did have an injury to PJ Dozier. Uh, he was a good bench player for them. He's out. I don't know for how long. I don't know if it was out for the rest of the year or just for a couple of weeks. I, I'm not sure on his status. But uh, tonight, I mean, Jokic historically plays really well against Gobert. Um, is this a game that we should expect the Jazz to take Denver to the wire, or be without Mitchell, without Connolly? Should we resolve ourselves to the fact that this is probably a game that will be decided by 8 to 12 points in Denver's favor? Oh, boy. Uh, Am I being too much of a pessimist? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Jazz have played really well in, in obviously, Mitchell's absence, and they've had some other players that they've sat down and, and gotten some rest, I feel like, since he's uh, been hurt. I feel like they played well. I mean, to answer, not, that doesn't answer your question because they could, they could still play well and get beat by 8 points, but... Um, no, I I want to say it's close. The Vegas line has Utah by four and a half. I gotta tell you, I don't think I would take that. No. Gosh, what's uh, what the is- thing that gives maybe some gives me maybe some pause in in going with what I thought was going to happen is just the evolution of Trent Forrest and how well he's come along over these last few weeks. I think he's providing some really good minutes off the bench as a point guard, and I think Joe Ingles. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson. There's some other players that are that have gained some confidence over this last week. Where in April it was it was kind of shaky. We didn't really know what team we were going to get night to night. Uh, but over the last week and a half or so, this team feels like okay, we've kind of weathered through that, and now we're kind of back to where we need to be. But they've also had some 
matchups that are favorable to them. And tonight's going to be a very different story. I mean, I think it'll be a good test because I think obviously not not I think obviously depth was a huge issue for their kind of falling flat at, during the bubble postseason um, last year, and I think it's good for the the team to build confidence because uh, with, with seventy two game season, the Jazz have I believe played sixty six, so there's six games left, including tonight. So I think obviously good for Quinn Snyder, maybe get a last chance to evaluate maybe some guys that weren't going to play, and then be like eh, in a pinch. I think we could use Forrest, like you said. Um, and I think it's good too to be able to have find a little bit of an aggressive streak with Conley and Mitchell out. Let's rule Clarkson out. He doesn't need. He he knows he can shoot. He's got that. But I think it's good to see an aggressive streak built out of some other players because you just don't want to see, even if like Mitchell when Mitchell comes back and he probably gets cooking and takes shots. You want to see people still stay aggressive. I think it's good to put them in a position where like you got to go. You you need to be aggressive. Yeah. No, I, that's true. Um, they. I think that the what Utah does have in its favor in this matchup tonight is that they do have depth. I, I think they do have more weapons uh, uh, it, it, to, to complement what they already have with who will be put in the starting unit. Uh, Denver, I don't feel like they've got a lot of depth. So when Jokic is out, they don't have a heck of a whole lot. So a lot is on his shoulders. Yeah. If Rudy can keep him in check, which is near impossible to do, He's, yeah. but I, I guess what would that be considered? 25, 28 points? Would that be considered keeping Jokic in check? Keeping him to 12 rebounds? Would that I mean, be considered the, keeping him in yeah, check? On That's season, still a great night. <laughs> yeah, on the season, he's at 26.5 points pretty much, 11 rebounds, and uh, 8.4 assists per game. <laughs> uh, basically described as normal night. Yeah. Is there any? Do you, by the way, do you, I, I haven't had a chance to ask you. Is to he to me? I don't think there's anybody else that's MVP. Right? It has to be him. He is the front runner in my mind. Because I feel like the fact that they really haven't. They were three four seed when they had Murray. They lost Murray. They haven't really dropped. He's maintained. To me, I mean, he's it's him. It is him. I think there's other interesting candidates, but he also has not missed a significant amount of time. That's which I think should year. be an important yeah, factor in determining who your MVP is. Chris, I'm completely with you. He's number one. Chris Paul is probably number two. I Just agree. how that, that team is so different this year. And the only thing that changed was Chris Paul. I completely agree. That's my argument as well because uh, my brother is a kind of loosely picks players that he likes, and we get in arguments all the time. I'm like, no, Booker's not that great. Look at the difference in the team this year. Booker averaged the same numbers. Magically, they're the two seed. Not Booker. <laughs> Can't stand Booker. So I, I think the key tonight, I mean, everybody's going to focus on the Gobert-Jokic matchup, and I think for good reason, but I think it will be, can the Jazz, can they mitigate Michael Porter Jr.? Can they not allow Aaron Gordon to get going? And kind of the secret weapon for Denver that has killed the Jazz in games before is Austin Rivers, who killed them when he was in New York with the Knicks earlier this year. Jazz did not have an answer. Jazz were winning that game in New York. And Austin Rivers came out of nowhere and would just torch him. He was a flamethrower. The Jazz did nothing to douse that fire. And it cost him the game. Uh, he had a great night the other night. I think he had like 25 points off the bench. He can score. So Austin Rivers could be a real threat tonight uh, for Denver that Utah has to be aware of. Really, he's, he's their Jordan Clarkson. So, uh, but I think the key is uh, that the Jazz have more weapons that they can throw at Denver. Um, but can the Jazz defensively 
They've been playing pretty well defensively lately, so can they slow down Michael Porter Jr.? I think that may be one of the real keys, and Austin Rivers, not allow him to get hot. If if you can let – look, Jokic is going to do what Jokic does, but if you can limit what some of those other guys do, Jazz might actually have a chance in this one. I agree. No, I agree. It's uh, I'm with you. I mean, I know Michael Porter Jr. is criticized as well. Um, can you take advantage of him on the other side? Because, you know, one of the – in basketball, it's such an offensive – I mean, all sports, I guess. It's an offensively geared sport. But in basketball, they, they you know, that's what they talk about all the time. If you want to take an offensive player out of his game, make him play defense. So that could be something, I, I think, to watch, specifically with Porter, um, see if they can make him work with the, the wings that the Jazz have. Uh, Jazz do play the Rockets tomorrow. I, I would oh, not no. be surprised to see the Jazz – Take a lot of effort tonight and then see several guys not play tomorrow. I mean, the powerhouse that is the Rockets, Eric, <laughs> what are they going to do? I'd be, I would be disappointed if any main player for Utah plays more than 25 minutes tomorrow. They shouldn't have to. <laughs> the Rockets are so bad. They are really bad. They're so terrible. Oh, man. So four three five three three nine zero three two one. Your score prediction for tonight: Utah versus Denver. We'll have pregame coverage right here on the fan. Uh, it's an eight o'clock game, isn't it? Uh, or is it a seven o'clock tip? No, it's a seven o'clock tip. Okay, so a pregame at six fifty. Tip off at seven here on the fan, part of the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Uh, your score prediction for tonight and keys to the game: four three five. Three three nine zero three two one. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press, there was a near-perfect game in baseball this week. Uh, are there any equi- equivalents in other sports to a perfect game? And should baseball have the ability to go back and retroactively award a perfect game if it was close enough? We'll debate that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Cash Valley is absolutely beautiful. It's always fun to be outdoors. And now is the time to let the allergy clinic inside the Cash Valley Hospital help with venom testing for spring and summer. The allergy clinic offers testing and treatment to life-threatening stings from honeybees, yellow jackets, white-faced hornets, yellow hornets, and wasps. Independent physicians Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette offer Cash Valley a full-time allergy clinic in two locations, Providence and inside the Cash Valley Hospital. The allergy clinic accepts most insurances, including SelectMed. Call the allergy clinic at 753-7880-753-7880. When you think about mom, what you see is dependable, always there when you need her, understanding, caring, and definitely forgiving. She takes care of the kids, cooks, cleans, grocery shops, clipping the coupons to stretch your dollars further. She is an accountant, chauffeur, a tutor, a counselor, and sometimes a referee. She is a hands-on, micromanaging CEO of the house, who in some cases also has a second job. This Mother's Day, Get her something special at Jarek's Fine Jewelry in Logan. Make it special, make it Jarek's. Well, what shall we talk about? You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. Do I think it's a good look for for Kevin Durant to to go after Michael Rappaport? No. But I also think that if we... Are we taking everything that's said on surface level as being... Like, I just... It feels like there is a locker room talk aspect to it. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Eric Franson, AJ Knight, filling in for Ajay Salveson, intern Cody. Here with you on a Friday. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be on uh, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app, which is free to download. Uh, streaming us online, 1069thefan.com, or listening to us on uh, podcasts. After the fact, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being here with us. Appreciate the comments, the contributions on the Guild Mortgage text line. And uh, intern Cody, sounds like we've uh, got a few more texts coming through. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, this one's coming from 9463. Uh, it says, I do think perfect games in baseball can equate to other sports. Golf came to mind first. Uh, Tiger at Pebble Beach in the year 2000. Johnny Miller at Oakmont. And then in basketball, he says that Clay Thompson's 37-point quarter and Steph's 62 this year equate to a very similar perfect game in Forg- baseball. Forgive me. I don't know golf. I'll tackle the, the Steph 62. No, it doesn't. Jason Tatum just scored 60 points the other night. We've already seen – no. That's not even the record. Kobe scored 80. Well, like, no. It's – right, I'm with you. Those those do not equate to a perfect game in basketball. If, if anything – Think about the All-Star game this year where Giannis did not miss a shot. Yeah. I mean, he, he was putting up some crazy, stupid shots, and he, they still went in. Yes, he was. Maybe we just need to devise a standard for what is considered a perfect game outside of baseball. Because I think it is it is different. See, that's what's so difficult because uh, there's 23. In the 152-year history, there's 23, which is, I don't know, rough math. One every, what, seven years? Okay, so I did some. Oh, okay. No, you, you keep, got it. keep your thought. Okay. And I'll I'll support it with something. Okay, I was just say so. It's one every seven years. So it's so hard for me to think of something statistically across sports that happens once every seven years because it has to be so rare that it it's not almost impossible, but it it barely happens. But it doesn't just happen once. Like Clay Thompson's thirty-seven point quarter. I'm not going to say necessarily to me that it's a uh, better or equal, but like that to me is like a one-time thing. It's not something that it can be repeated. And so, to me, the two that came to mind were the quad double and then Cody found the 500-yard passing games, but I have issues with both of those, too. Okay, so in regards to perfect games, uh, there have been five perfect games in the last 10 years. Right. There were three in 2012, and that's the last time Major League Baseball recorded a perfect game. But uh, in the last 20 years, so in the last 20 years, from 2000 to 2021, so I've kind of fudged it a little bit, 21, there were seven perfect games in that time period. Between 1980 and 1999, there were seven perfect games during that time period. Before that, to get to another seven perfect games, you had to go from 1900 to 1979 to find seven perfect games. So we're, we're seeing more perfect games in the modern era than perhaps I realized. Interesting. Because I was under the impression that perfect games are going to be uh, disappearing in Major League Baseball. Now, there have been some changes in how pitching staffs and rotations and pitch counts uh, that have, you know, opening pitcher, things like that um, over the last few years. But uh, we had three in 2012. And we nearly had one, yeah. what was that, Tuesday? Or was it Wednesday? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't remember. Earlier this, this week. This week. So we almost had one again. So it's not like, Totally inconceivable. They are rare. But you asked a question earlier. Um, you brought it up. Should we be able to retroactively award a perfect game? 
So in what circumstance would you award a perfect game if somebody <laughs> may not have already yeah. got it? So part of it was uh, with Neat, the pitcher with Baltimore. The reason his is not a perfect game, for those who don't know, is that the there was a dropped third strike, and the runner made it to the first base, and people were debating, should it be ruled a perfect game? My answer is no, because a play in the field was made, and it was botched, so it's, it's not perfect. It, there's a blemish, and it's a no-hitter. I got in an argument actually today with Ajay about Armando Galarraga's perfect game because I said they should go back and retroactively to make it a perfect game because it was. The the guy that got on base was so egregiously out. It was such a terrible call. It is a joke to me that that it was not addressed, and it is a piece of history, a special piece of history. Ajay's argument was where do you stop in terms of what you can retroactively, he refused to say retroactively, but retroactively go back and change. <laughs> I don't think he can pronounce the word. <laughs> Specifically, he kept talking about the Patriots' two losses in the Super Bowl. He's like, can you change this? And to me, the answer is no, because changing Galarraga's from a that one hitter to a perfect game doesn't change the outcome of the game. And the other thing is, too, Audrey was trying to tell me, well, there's another bad step. That was supposed to be the last out. Like, the game was supposed to be over, perfect game, over. And... The other thing is, it ruined Galarraga's career. He was never any good after that. It mentally destroyed him, and that's that's not shouldn't factor into this. But it's hard to watch when he should have had that piece of history, very special. He's only been twenty four, or would have been twenty four with that. They should change it. It was a perfect game. It absolutely was. Um, I'm not gonna do the last four digits because you know. I don't want to oust this guy, but he says that he's not a baseball guy. Can someone explain to me what the difference between a perfect game and a no-hitter is? Well, you can do the last four digits. Nobody knows who that is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know who keeps track of all. You don't know the first three, so who knows what the last four are. Uh, so, no-hitter, um, the guy can get on base on with on a ball, on base on balls. Um, there's or an error, right? Or an error. There are a couple other things that... I mean, a no-hitter is still a, a, a good achievement. Yes. But it, it's not a perfect game where everybody is out. It, it, there is a difference there. Yeah, so the no-hitter, you as long as you the pitcher does not give up a hit, it can be a no-hitter. The perfect game, nobody gets on base. Which, uh, by the way, while we're talking about this, I don't know if you guys mentioned this, I think it was the Texas A&M softball player. Did you guys ever end up talking about that? No. Like 27 up, 27 down. Wow. Strikeouts. Wow. Talk about the perfect game. It's like the gold standard. My right? question would be: and This is is that more impressive than uh, Don Larson throwing a perfect game in a World Series game? Oh, like, Grant, that was in 1956. But which one would you say in is a more World impressive? Series game? There's so much more on the line than just a I, regular uh, yeah, season. Right? Sorry, 21, 21 up, twenty one down for the softball game. Still, that that's that's amazing. Hope. Uh, Trotwain from University of North Texas won 3-0 over Arkansas Pine Bluff. She struck 21 of 21 batters out. That's nuts. That's incredible. Very impressive. I mean, if you like that, so it's a seven inning game. If you're in the fifth inning and you've got fifth, like everybody's struggling, like, what do we do? She's striking it. Like, what? (laughs) Nobody. Lean into one or something. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, So, I, uh, about your question about, can you retroactively award one? Right. Uh, I would say that if it wasn't awarded at the time, it, it if it wasn't considered a perfect game when the game was played, I, you can't go back and change history. Uh, Eric. <laughs> Eric. Eric. <laughs> Eric. 
Because that's like, Ajay's other argument was he's like human air is a part of baseball, and and I get it because like call obviously there's balls and strikes, and you could be well nitpick. To me, it was out. <laughs> he was out at first base. I guess you could nitpick over that, but like when that one's the call, like that ends the game. To me, that's just ridiculous. You stole history. It'd be. It's not like I want to nitpick. Oh, this should have been a ball, and you walk, and who knows how the rest of the game is. That piece of history was stolen from him. They called the game the way they called it. That wasn't a subjective call. It wasn't an objective. It was just the wrong call. I think Colorado should have a perfect game. There should be twenty-four. The fail Mary. <laughs> right. Right, All right. Uh, right, AJ. It's called the near perfect game. Like that is so insulting near- too. Uh, you were the first loser. <sighs> Instead of saying you came in second, you're the first loser. Uh, so we got to take another quick timeout here in the full court press. But when we come back, like what other achievements in sport compare to a perfect game in baseball, or does it stand alone? We'll debate that next on the full court press. We've been preparing for this one for a while. Our anniversary sale is months in the making. This is Ed at Fisher Home Furnishings. We reach out to all of our best name brands for their absolute best deal. Flexsteel, Lazy Boy, Bassett, Serta, Bernhardt, and Lexington. Find the lowest mark price, then take an additional 15, 20, 25% off. That includes all special orders from our custom design center. 15, 20, 25% off the lowest mark price on all of the best brand names in the furniture, mattress, flooring, and appliances. The anniversary sale, Fisher Home Furnishings, or shop anytime at FisherHF.com. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. This Mother's Day, surprise mom with dinner for two and a piece of jewelry from S.C. Needham Jewelers. Choose from a large selection of pearls, silver, gemstone, and diamond jewelry. Or you may find something special for her in our family jewelry collections. With Mother's Day upon us this Sunday, maybe an S.C. Needham gift card would make a timely gift. With the purchase of $149 or more, you'll receive dinner for two. Come shop today for the people and occasions that matter most. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. Another Full Court Press show is coming to a close, but you can find them on Twitter. Follow Eric Franzen at efranzen and AJ Salveson at AJ Salvi. If you missed today's episode, find it on 1069thefan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and AJ Knight, intern Cody, wrapping the show up. What compares to a perfect game in other sports, or is there a comparison? I, I have such a hard time wrapping my head around this because, like, the perfect game to me is like the ultimate individual and still team achievement. Which, because like the pitchers remembered, right? The pitchers are the only ones like so and so threw a perfect game. But to me, it's so rare that there's not a defensive play. Like I'm from Indiana, I'm a Cubs fan, but I've seen plenty of Sox. I have family or Sox fans. And if you're not familiar, so Mark Burley threw one, and there's a play. Uh, Wise made a catch where he jumped over the wall and caught a ball, and they have an outline of him on the wall that says the catch, and he's remembered in Chicago. But no one's like, well, the Chicago White Sox of blah 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 with Burley threw it. Burley's remembered. It's it's just I don't know how to qualify it. Right, like uh, I think it does stand above most others. Like maybe a perfect ten in gymnastics, yeah, uh, a hat trick in soccer or hockey, you, or you score three goals individually. 
But in, in, in basketball or football, so many other factors. I mean, if you can't miss a shot or you can't, you're perfect in your every throw that you make. Someone catches it in football, but you have to have so many yards. I mean, but That's, that depends on what's going on with your wide receivers and your offensive line. Tough to qualify. It's it's really tough. I don't know. I have a hard time like bowling a three hundred. Somebody, but that, that happens. Up. Yeah, I, I, with I, somewhat I know, regularity. I know people who've bowled three hundreds, and no offense to them because it's a skill I don't have. But if I know them, I don't think it's that great of a quality. Right, or in hockey or, or a soccer goalie, like you, you saved all the shots, but how many shots? Ten shots yeah, on goal, fifty shots on goal. By the way, one of my favorite sports 